Welcome to this podcast, How to Plan in an Exam. It has been mentioned to me quite a few times um, by students that sometimes when I give them an exam question, they just do not know where to start. And I've also been asked on my YouTube channel um, by more than one viewer to do a tutorial on how to plan in exams and how to plan for exam essay questions. Um, so this video tutorial is is all about how to plan for the exams. Um, I've mentioned it quite a few times on my YouTube videos that before answering any exam question is always to do some sort of mini plan, organise your thoughts. But what if you've never ever done this before? What if you've never been taught how to do this? So this is um, a little bit of a short, um, little bit of thoughts that I want to share with you about how to do this and it is perfect to start now especially if you're a first year student you might want to get in the habit now in the run-up um, for the exams in 12 months time getting that habit or if you're a second year it might be something that you want to do when looking at past exam questions to prepare for the summer exam um, so this short podcast will outline how to prepare better essays in order to plan in the exam. I refer once again to How to Write Better Essays by Brian Greetham um, and also highlight one of the chief examiners, get your students to plan your answers in order to access the higher marks to give you purpose and you want to see the value of doing it. So why plan your answers? Um, well, firstly, it's to organise your thoughts um, rather than rushing into it, which students then realise that they start writing and then they write the wrong thing and then they have to start essays once again. Um, it'll organise your thoughts, um, but by doing planning answers and actually writing them, you'll gain um, feedback because you can submit them to your teachers and they can give you valuable feedback about where to improve. But also, it'll also um, inform your revision um, as well in the run-up into the exams. Okay, so it is important. Um, why do we plan for um, essays? And it's to organise for game feedback and revise. So Brian Greetham identifies five stages to writing a good essay. Um, number one, interpretation of the question. Number two, research. Number three, planning. Number four, writing of the answer. And five, revising or reviewing the answer. OK, now I admit in the exam, you will be mostly focusing on number one, interpreting the question, um, three, planning um, and four, writing. OK, but you will be doing a little bit of um, number two, the research. The research will be in the exam will be from memory um, and it will also be from using the item. So it is important that you plan your answers when you're doing essays at home in order to replicate it while you're doing it in the exam. The reason being is that if you miss out any of the stages, the familiar problems that you may get from your teacher's feedback is irrelevant material, weak structure, lack of examples to support the arguments and lack of fluidity of the answers. So planning your answers are really essential following those five stages, especially as part of revision, because when you do the question in the exam, it won't be the first time you're answering it. You may not have answered that question specifically in your revision, but you'll have answered one that is similar. OK, so doing this process within your own time is really, really important in order to replicate it in the exam conditions. 
So how to plan now um, as part of your revision. So get a list of possible exam questions for each topic. Your teacher may have given you a, um, a list of exam questions or a question bank. If not, get yourself onto Hectic Teacher. She has an excellent range of question banks for each topic. Um, each exam paper. Alternatively, I've come across um, another website from Steve Chapman, which is called sociologystuff.com um, and have those in front of you and have a little bit of a go through going through these processes. So you get the question and go through the stages. So interpret the question, um, research, plan your answer, have a go at writing it and then review it. So firstly, interpret the question, read through the exam question, read through the item. Second time you do it, read through once again, but this time with your highlighter, same with the item um, again. And this will just really familiarise yourself and also it will slow you down. You might be panicking when you're looking at some exam questions, but just keep breathing. You know, you, know, you, you do know this stuff if you've revised and read through it and highlight it. And then the second time you do it, you may then want to start adding annotations, start to get the thoughts out of your brain, get it onto paper. So then you can start to logically think about answering these questions. Um, then um, while you're doing this at home, you need to be doing your research. So this means just get your books out now. You should have a fair idea about what the question is asking you, one, what topic it is. So you'll be able to go to that chapter in the textbook or that, that, that section in your files in your notes or your, your, your work booklet that you, you might use in, in, in college or class. Um, get those out um, and your notes and everything your teacher has given you and start to find the evidence, the research, the examples, which meets different parts of the question. Now, a little bit of a warning this is time consuming okay and this is often why students miss this part out because they want to just get on with writing the answer um, doing this will allow you to make sure that you maximize that you marks and as you go along um, make sure that you take notes and be critical are there any exceptions or is there any criticisms note those down too as you're going through them so for a, for a 20 mark question, you are looking for at least four main arguments that support the view of the question. For a 30 mark, it might be up to five or six. Um, and what I want you to do is make a spider diagram with either four branches for a 20 marker or five or six um, for a 30 marker. And um, organise all your different explanations OK, um, for AO3, make sure that you get your opposing views to avoid the juxtaposition. Um, so be really critical as you go along rather than just giving a opposing viewpoints with no link or no reference to the question. Um, also, then use the item. The item should give you up to four points that you can steal and use your planning time um, and use the most of your planning time to work your way through the answer and start to research what points you're possibly going to put in your answer. OK, so that is how to initially start to plan. OK, and it does involve a little bit of time consuming, getting your notes out and going back to the stuff that you've talked about in class.
Okay, starting to write your answer then. So once you have done the little bit of research and you've looked at the exam question, the item, and you've gone back to your notes and you've produced for yourself a spider diagram, you can start to write your answer. Um, so this part is all about writing the intro. So your intro, make sure um, you identify the context, the content and the debate. Um, your intro, according to the hectic teacher who I'm referring to here, um, she identifies that it shouldn't be more than four or five sentences. Very, very straight to the point. Okay, um, so to just give you an example of a um, introduction, um, so you've got, for example, for a question from paper one, apply a material from the item, evaluate the view that social class differences in achievement are due to internal factors. Um, your intro context would be, well, what are the class differences? So middle class achieve higher than working class. Um, you might also identify that internal means in-school factors. Um, the content that you're going to write about in your answer, I would start to just list the main internal factors, such as labelling, self-fulfilling prophecy, streaming, subcultures, marketization. And then what is the debate? Is it just internal factors? But it could also be external factors that could influence it. OK, so based on your research, you should be able to write a decent introduction. And again, what you've done there is you've organised your thoughts um, in order to one, what is the question asking you? It's identifying the main points. So the things that you have listed, labelling, self-fulfilling prophecy, streaming, they are going to be your paragraph starters because you're going to explain each one of those. And then your debate is your opportunity to evaluate. OK. So this is your main body of your answer. So once you've done your intro and in your intro, you'll have listed the main content. Um, each of the factors that you will have listed, such as labelling, self-fulfilling prophecy, streaming, subcultural marketization, um, they uh, could be standalone paragraphs. And as you are planning your answer, spend time reach, researching each of these, make notes on them, make sure that you're explaining them, link to a study to back it up, apply it to achievement if you're talking about class, and then address the debate, um, the evaluative part of the debate. Is it just that internal factor or does that internal factor knock on, have a, a consequence on something else like an external factor, for example, or does it link to another internal factor? Or if you looked at it from a different way, does it have a different impact if you're middle class or working class? Just to give you a bit of an example about how you might do that. So if you take labelling, for example, you would go to your notes and you would find anything that about teacher labelling. And the, the main one, which the majority of students should know, is um, identified by Becker about how students um, are near to what the ideal pupil is. Um, and then you would say, well, OK, which students are nearest to the ideal? So middle class are closer. Why are they closest to the ideal people? Because they speak in the, in, the, in the way that school wants them to. They speak in the elaborate code. They arrive at school with the attitude and the appearance. And that means that they receive a positive attitude from their teacher, which leads to their achievement. Um, you can analyse it by comparing it from um, middle class to working class, that working class students are furthest from the ideal. Why are they furthest from the ideal? What are they like? Um, and, 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 and then you can address some evaluative points to suggest that, well, is it determinist that once a teacher has labelled you as a low achiever, for example, will you always fail? Um, and that is not always the case. Um, that students have different responses to being labelled. 
Um, and then you could even talk about the internal and external part of, the, of it. Um, so, for example, teacher labelling is based on students' appearance. Well, students' appearance is their home background. So are these factors interlinked? OK, um, so what I would suggest that you do in your planning and also your writing is that for each of the factors that you identify, do a little bit of research on each and find the evidence that backs up that point And can you link it to other points and can you criticise it and can you analyse it? Do this for each of the different paragraphs that you want to explore, the different reasons that you might have listed in your intro. Do that and, and, and that will start to build your answer. To conclude, um, when you're answering or you, when you're ending your, your, your answer, make sure that you do have a strong conclusion, especially on those essay questions. They're not required on a 10 marker, but definitely on a 20 marker or a 30 marker. Um, and make sure that you do this in the exam. Um, refer back to your context content debate. Um, so, for example, middle class always achieve higher than working class. Um, these are the main internal factors that this essay has explored. Labelling, self-filling prophecy, teacher labelling, marketization. However, and this is where you really go to town on clarifying that debate, is it just the internal factors or is it external factors? And that's just referring to the, um, the exam question that I talked about in the main part. OK, um, so overall, how to write a better essay? It's all in the planning, um, making sure that you're not skipping any of those stages that um, it was recommended by Brian Greetham um, when you're answering them. OK, so making sure that you have got um, interpreting the question, doing your research, planning your answers, writing and revising, um, miss out a stage and you might not write about the correct thing. OK, um, just a couple of references. So I've referred to Brian Griefham's How to Write Better Essays, but I've also mentioned The Hectic Teacher. Um, she's on Twitter. Um, she's also got a website. She's got loads of resources to help you plan. She's got planning templates for exam questions that are all up there as well, as well as on um, Steve Chapman's um, sociologystuff.com. It's absolutely brilliant. There is loads of stuff that you can be using to help plan your answers and make sure that you're doing this at home in your own time. We've got lots of time to do it. So then when you do that in the exam, it is just a quick replicate of the plan that you'll have done from memory in order to organise your thoughts. OK, um, so thank you for listening. If you've got any questions, um, bob over to the YouTube site and um, that is the sociology and um, the teacher sociology. And then you can comment on any of the videos there and that will be just absolutely wonderful. OK, um, so thank you for listening. Have a great day and I shall speak to you soon.